Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for a place that we can meet, Father, for food that we have. And just knowing that we had the truth of your word, we ask that you would speak to us, each one of us, through your word and remind us of what your desire is for us. Help us encourage one another. Help us help our, our fellow brothers and sisters who are just struggling just with life. Father, help us encourage them just to trust you and look to you. We thank you that you care and that you have what we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, one thing I just want to remind us, just because of uh, this day, is uh, whenever we have baptism, I always uh, actually deal with that issue of baptism on that day. And that's exactly what we're looking at again. And it's a little bit different than normal. Uh, but one thing I want to ask you as parents that have children, they're going to be baptized. Um, you know, we, we like to be careful there because sometimes people want to be baptized because somebody else is being baptized. And uh, somebody told me after the first service, why don't I ask this question at the beginning of this service instead of at the end like I did at the first service? And this was the question. And I asked people this. I said, you know, you're going to be baptized. Why do you want to be baptized? Why? They should be able to answer that. If they can't answer that, they probably don't need to be baptized. I mean, really. It's not just, well, I just want to be baptized. It's, it's better to wait. And you're going to see, because baptism does not save you. You know, you might be sitting here and say, well, I think it does. Well, you're biblically wrong. I mean, it's just a fact. You cannot validate that from the Scripture. And it says, oh, yeah, because we're going to look at that where he tells Nicodemus, you know, he said you must be baptized by the Spirit in water. What does that mean exactly? It, it doesn't mean there's no water cleaning up on this earth to wash away your sin and transform your heart. That's exactly what he tells Nicodemus. And I can already tell you after the first service, we're not going to get that far. So if you're concerned about this or you disagree or it doesn't really matter, look at all the notes that he's going to put up there for us. Danny puts them up because they're quite a bit. But that's the issue that he deals with. Remember Nicodemus. So we're going to go ahead and get started. But I ask you, parents, you know, what we talk about in here this morning, please, at some point in time, talk with your children about this. You know your children more than, better than I know your children, you know. Do they really get this? Do they understand this? We do not want anyone to think that baptism saved them because it does not. Should we be baptized? Absolutely. Jesus gave us that example. Should we? Yes. Does it, is it, does it salvific? Does it have power? No. You know, that's exactly what he conveys to Nicodemus. So we got to get started already. We just lost three minutes, didn't we? It's important. Why you say, I've baptized too many grown-ups a second time because they came to me and they said, you know, I did this back when I was, I had no clue what I was doing. I want to do it now that I know what's going on. That's why we want to be careful, you know. I don't want anyone to ever stand up and say, oh, well, Terry said I'm saved because I'm baptized. You didn't hear that from me. <laughs> no, sir, you're not, that's not, that's not going to be at the judgment seat. And God said, oh, yeah, Terry, you told them they were saved because they're baptized. No, I haven't. And no, I'm not. Because the Bible does not teach that. All right, let's go. John. John chapter 3. Now, there was a man named of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And the same came unto him unto Jesus by night, and he called him. He said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher that's come from God, for no man can do the things that you've done except God be with him. They've seen the miracles. 
They, you know, if you saw the chosen, absolutely. They saw things Jesus did that all the fake prophets of all the years they've been watching, they said, nobody's done anything like this before. Nobody's ever healed a true blind person before. Nobody's ever done this. We see it. God had to be with you. And Jesus answered him. He cuts right to the chase. Always, right? Remember the woman in the well, and she tries to make excuses. And, she, and what did Jesus say? Go get your husband. He just went right to the core of the issue. Why do we want to waste it? Well, I'm going to throw this one away too, looks like. I already broke one today. Somebody was talking to me. I lost, lost fell out of my hand. He said, let me tell you the truth. Verily, verily, whenever you see that, that's very emphatic. Jesus says, catch this. Don't miss this. Really listen to me. He said, unless you're born brand new. You know what that means? Unless you're transformed. That's all that means. And all, this, all the notes that you'll see in here, if you go back and you read it, it's not a brand new concept. It was in the Old Testament. And he's talking about unless you're transformed on the inside, You'll never make it to heaven. That's what kingdom of God means. Whenever you see kingdom, it means rule, where God rules your life, not only here but in the, in the not yet. That's what he's talking about. Nicodemus said to him, how does that happen? I can't go in my mother's womb and be born again. You know, and remember, this guy is not a dummy. Okay, Nicodemus, look what he says to him. How can this happen? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said to him, except one be born of water and of the Spirit. He said, there's where that baptism of the water, right? What does that mean? It doesn't mean you have to be baptized to be saved. You know, how much confusion is about that over the histories of the Christian church? Oh, yeah, you know, you got to buy. Not only do you have to be baptized, you have to be baptized in our church. Hello? That's what they say. Oh, you got, to be, you got to be this kind of Baptist or that kind of Baptist. Or this. That's not what it says, and that's not what it is. Born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. What is he saying there? He said, listen, pigs have pigs. Cows have cows. Sinful people have sinful people. You cannot change that on your own. That's what he's telling him. I don't care how smart you are, Nicodemus, you cannot transform your heart. Only the Spirit of God can do that. And that's what he's teaching him. And he comes at it in baptism. And, well, let's keep going quickly. Y'all with me? Y'all listening fast? Hello? He says, don't be surprised. Don't marvel that I send you. You must be born brand new. And he gives him two illustrations. He said, the wind blows where it will, and you hear it. You don't see it, but you see the evidence of it, right? Could be a sycamore tree, could be an olive tree blowing, and he sees the leaves blowing, and he uses that illustration for him. He says, yeah, you don't know where it's coming from exactly or where it's going, but you see there is a movement. And he says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Boy, there's a whole lot here we, can't unpack. we don't have time to unpack. Nicodemus said, how can this be? I don't understand. It's really not that complicated, Jesus said. Are you, look at this, the teacher of Israel. Oh, you're not just a little preacher. You're not just one of the little rabbis. You are the man. He was the Regis professor. You know what that is. I mean, he was the man. If anyone knew, he knew. Are you the teacher of Israel and you don't understand this? How can you be in church 50 years and not understand that it's only the blood of Jesus 
it covers your sin. You might be in a liberal church. <laughs> that may be what it is. Or you might not be paying attention. Basically, that's what he's saying. How'd you miss this? There it is again. Verily, verily, very emphatic. Pay attention. Listen real close. Turn off your headphones. Turn off the television. Listen. Y'all know what that means? Don't you hate to be trying to work on somebody waiting on you and, and they're listening to something and you're talking to them and they don't hear you? You just want to snatch those things out of their ears? Basically, that's what he's saying. You need to pay attention. We speak that which we know and bear witness of that which we have seen, and you don't believe us. Who's he talking about? We. Boy, there's more than just Jesus in that we. If I told you earthly things and you don't believe me, how can I tell you of heavenly things? And by the way, this whole thing of the, the Holy Spirit giving you a transformed heart happens on this earth. That's what Jesus is talking about. He says, I'm telling you about something that has to happen here on earth. There's a lot of people that have this concept, oh, well, I, you know, I'm just going to live like hell now, and then whenever I die, before I get up there, Jesus is going to give me another chance. No, he's not. That is not in there. He says, I'm telling about things that happen here on this earth. You better get this right now. That's what he's telling them. Boy, there's a whole lot in this little paragraph, a lot. And one who ascended into heaven, me, he said, <laughs> but he that descended out of heaven, even the Son of Man who is in heaven. You don't have to wait for somebody to go and find out. I came from there. I'm telling you exactly the way it is. Jesus is pretty hard on the guy. You know, he basically, he's coming, you doof. How did you miss it? Surely you know this. He would know more of the Old Testament than probably anybody else alive at that time. Why? Because it was mandated that they do that. So here's what the concept is. Jesus and the new birth. It has, it has to deal with it. You know, unless you understand that Jesus transforms your heart, you don't need to be baptized. It's not going to be anything because it's a one-thing deal. The Holy Spirit convicting you and being and baptized is the same one birth. People try to separate and say, oh, yeah, you've got to be born over here, and then that's another part of it. No, that is not the metaphor that he's using here. And, again, we can't unpack this whole thing because there's too much in there, but that's exactly what has happened. He says, Rabbi, we know. Evidence is there. <laughs> Do you understand just because you see a miracle and you believe the miracle that that miracle saves you? Jesus has already said. Remember, they came up to him. We cast out demons in your name. We prophesy in your name. Jesus said, I don't know who you are. A lot of people are trying to say, well, if I can just see this miracle, I don't guarantee anything. You know, they saw the miracles. That doesn't mean that they're from God, number one. He said, this is what we see. We see it. Well, I'm waiting on that miracle, and when I see somebody heal somebody, then I'm going to believe. No, you're not. That's exactly what was going on with the rich man and Lazarus. You remember, he said, oh, send somebody back from hell. If they'll see this miracle, they'll believe. And what he said, oh, no, no, they have God's word, the law and the prophets. Either they're going to believe that or they're not going to believe anything. Miracles don't, don't cause you to get to heaven. That's what he's teaching him. I tell you the truth, dear Nicodemus, you don't see anything. What did Paul talk about? He said, you don't get this with the natural mind, the natural mind. You, you can't have enough education to change your heart. You can't go to enough conferences to change your heart. You can't learn enough or pay enough to change your heart. That's what being born again means. That means your transformed heart. He said, you can't do that. Miracles won't do that. He said, Nicodemus, all you've seen are miracles. You really don't have one clue what's going on. Because he keeps asking him, how's this going to be? What's going to work? How does this work? He doesn't have a clue. That's what he's talking about. 
You're claiming to see, but you can't see. You're blind. How many times did Jesus tell them that? You can't really see it unless the Spirit works in your heart and changes you. Being born again. It was a revolutionary term, but it was in the Old Testament. And that's what a lot is in this that we won't see. He's acting like he discerns something very profound just because it's all a miracle. Remember what we've already learned? The devil has all kind of power to do all kind of miracles. Just because you see a miracle, please don't attribute that to God. Absolutely not. The devil is very, very powerful. And if you don't think so, you're already sunk. He is. He's alive and well. Has plenty of power still. But Jesus said, no, no, no. You've seen these miracles, but you, haven't, you don't have a clue how this thing works yet. But I, you do have enough to know how it works. What happened? How do you read the Bible for 30 years and not see this? You know, basically what he's telling him, the Old Testament's all he had. It's kind of like what happened at the marriage of Cana. You remember Jesus is there and they need a miracle and he doesn't really want to do it. He said it's not his time, but his mom says they need something. So he goes in the back and the chosen kind of portrays this the way it was in the scripture. The only people who really saw the miracle were the servants. The master of the ceremony said, oh, it's a what look what happened you saved the best for last only the people in the back they saw the miracle only the disciples knew what was going on they were the only ones to say oh this really is a messiah you see so they saw a miracle over here in the back but the disciples not only saw the miracle they said he is the one so you can see a miracle and he told nicodemus just because you saw one doesn't mean you're on your way to heaven he said, pay attention. And he keeps saying that. The ambiguity of that word born again, it can be, mean, it can be taken born from above. I think that's what he's talking about as well. Absolutely. Uh, that's, what, that's what it means. It could go both ways. He said, how does this happen? I don't understand. <laughs> we, got to, we got to jump a few spots here and keep going. All right? He knows he's not a dummy, okay? He knows, just like Jesus, whenever Jesus said in John chapter 6, he said, listen, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood or you'll have no part of me. That's a metaphor. He doesn't mean you have to become accountable. That's not what he meant. It's a metaphor. Nicodemus is smart enough to know, okay, this is a metaphor. How does this work exactly? you got to wait through those in the Bible. Because just because, for example, I have one up here. You know, it says that Jesus is the Lion of Judah, but the devil is also a roaring lion. Is that the same? No. It's a metaphor. The context helps you understand it. That's this whole thing about the water baptism and baptism. You've got to understand the whole context of the thing. And John deals with it again in chapter, in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, in chapter 5, when he's talking about how they were so confused about who Jesus was. You see, a lot of the uh, heretics, is what you call them, that's what they are, and we have plenty of them today, they say Jesus was not God's son. That's what they said. They said this is what, and this is part of the thing you understand about what John is talking about here. You've got to step over there and see what John said in First and Second or John to understand the thing, because here's what was happening. The teaching was current that Jesus when he was baptized, when John baptized him, then at that moment, the Holy Spirit, who is God, came upon him. But he wasn't God before then. And they said, okay, he was fully God and fully man while he's down here on the earth. 
And then whenever he dies, that Holy Spirit leaves him, so he just dies as a man. John says, no, sir. He was fully God when he was born. He was fully God at his baptism. That's why it says, you know, he's talking about his baptism when he's talking about baptism. He was fully God whenever he was baptized. He was fully God the whole time his ministry. He was fully God when he was on the cross. He's never ceased to be God. That's one of the things John is talking about. And you have to kind of grab that if you're starting to think about, okay, what does he mean back exactly when he says uh, water baptism and what that means? You know, it's, there's all kind of ideas people have about that baptism. Oh, you have to be saved. And, I mean, you have to be baptized and be saved. The Scripture doesn't say that. That's not what this context says. But it's a metaphor, but you got to think a little bit. You know, some people just don't think anymore, right? It sounds as like if Jesus is promising a brand new beginning. And, and, and Nicodemus wants to say, well, no, no, wait a minute. You, you're promising more than you can deliver, Rabbi. You're asking for more. How in the world is that going to happen? We never heard that before. And Jesus goes back and said, you should have heard it. It was in the Old Testament. It's in Ezekiel chapter 36. It's in Jeremiah chapter 31. How he, I'll show you those verses if we get that far very, very quick. The one thing you can't do is you can't turn back the clock. You know, that's what he's saying. How can I do this? I need to be fixed, but I can't fix it. I can't go back and start over. You know, the one good thing with Jesus, you can start over. Today, <laughs> that's the one good thing. Lord Tennyson said this, Ah, for a man to rise in me that the man I am may cease to be. Education can't do that. Money can't do that. It cannot transform your heart. That's the whole issue he's talking about. That's what it is. John Clare said, if life had a second edition, how can I correct the proofs? I heard one time uh, my ag teacher, he said, he said, you know, a man, a person ought to have two lives, one how to live it and then one to live it. Nicodemus said, how do you do that? Jesus said, oh, you can't do it. Because well, you remember now in Jewish history, in their ceremony, and still to this day, it, it, it was not a personal thing. You know, you ask a Muslim today, you know, how is it that your heart has changed? He said, oh, my heart has nothing to do with it. I just decide in my will that I'm going to believe Allah and I'm going to follow Muhammad. My heart has nothing to do with it. Ask them. They'll tell you. No, it's just obedience. Oh, no, no. Jesus is saying, no, no, no. Your heart has to be changed or you'll still live ungodly the rest of your life. Hello? That's what he's talking about. We don't get that far. How do you start over? How do you do that? <laughs> that that's what he's asking. You're promising more than you can deliver, Rabbi. <laughs> he said, I tell you the truth, that no man can enter unless the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. He's talking about his own. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about, I'm the one. I'm, this is how that works. You can be baptized a thousand times. You know, I've had some people, we were baptized in the river. We didn't have a baptistry, and it was cold. I guess that's why cold water doesn't bother me. We used to swim all during the winter in the pond, and it was ice on the ground. It didn't bother us either. Uh, some people say, oh, the water's going to be cold today. Is it? How cold is cold? You know, how does that work? You know, how is it? How does, how does this whole thing work? And they say, oh, well, you know, and, and they try to say, I remember my grandmother, bless her heart, she was 75 when she made a commitment to Christ because she said all of her life, she said, I didn't know you had to do that. 
So we went down to, because we didn't have a, a baptistry in our little country church, she said, and it was, it was kind of cold weather, she said, okay, so we borrowed their church that afternoon, and somebody forgot to turn on the heater in the baptistry. So we got down there and stepped in the water. I was out in the congregation because I was just a little cheering in anyway. I wasn't in the system, you might say. And she put her toe. She said, ah, boy, she hollered. I can't get in that water. I'll have a heart attack. Water has nothing to do with it, okay? All this is symbolic. It's a metaphor. Don't put all the weight on it. Should you be baptized? Absolutely. Why? Jesus commanded it. Go ye therefore and baptize and teach. It's symbolic of what is going on. That's why when you ask your kids, why do you want to be baptized? You need to help them understand what that means. It means that they're going to start treating you, if they haven't been, the way they should treat their parents. And they should be treating their children, their brothers and sisters, the way they should be treating them if they haven't been. We're coming to that next. Let's go ahead, all right? How should you understand that on the basis of the Old Testament? There's plenty of times in the Old Testament where that's exactly what he says. He says, flesh gives flesh, birth to flesh. He said, listen, we reproduce what we are. The only way you can be regenerated and have a new heart is by the Holy Spirit. And that's me. Not me. Jesus, me. <laughs> not me. I'm not Benny Hinn. I, I don't have that power. Like produces like. Pigs have pigs. Cows have cows. People have sinful people. Aren't that right? Aren't your children a little ingrates sometimes? Hello? Or all the time. They grow up as ingrates sometimes and stay there. That's exactly the way it works. How are we going to produce those sons of God who seem to sense who God is and have a desire to walk with Him? You and I can't do it. I don't care how many times you take them to church. The Holy Spirit has to do something inside, and that's exactly what Jesus said. That's the only way it's going to happen. Because what we're going for a transformed heart. And guess what? The heart controls what you say and where you go and what you listen to and how you treat people. It controls all of it. He said, you can't, you can't redo that. Only God can do that. And that's what he's talking about. How's it going to happen? Don't you see? You shouldn't be surprised, Nicodemus. The Old Testament's full of it. I'm going to skip on down to that real, real quick. You're a good guy, but that ain't going to do it. You know, it's just not going to work that way. Where is it? Ah. And he asked him that. He said, you see the wind? And here's, here's, the, here's the part that churches miss, all of us miss. He said, what? You don't see the wind, but you see the effects of it. You can't deny the effects of it. You don't see the wind, but you see what it does, right? So Jesus says, with everyone who is born of the Spirit, everyone who is saved, everyone who is committed to Christ, that's what that means, born of the Spirit, you may not be able to unpack every little detail exactly how that happened in your life, but what? You're absolutely going to see it in the way you live. That's what he's saying. Well, I don't understand exactly how Jesus changed my heart, but I know he changed my heart. Why? Because I'm not the same person. That's what that means. It's unthinkable. According to this paragraph that Jesus talks with the greatest rabbi alive at that time. According to that, that someone who's supposed to be born again and you can't see any change in their life. It's unthinkable. There's a lot of people I know. Oh, yeah, I'm saved and on my way to heaven and they live like a total pagan. He says it doesn't work that way. When the Holy Spirit works and changes somebody's heart, their life will change, period. And if you do not see that change, the Holy Spirit of that wind ain't blowing there. That's what it means. 
There's a lot of people on church rolls throughout our country. Just because they walked down the aisle or they were baptized or something, they still live like pagans. But, oh, yeah, we're on our way to heaven. Not according to this. It says, oh, no. And he gives him an example. That's the way it goes. Unthinkable that there should be the Holy Spirit present in our life and there not some kind of change taking place. Does it mean we're perfect? No, I'm the only perfect one here. Right? Come on, I'm not that big a fool. Nobody's perfect. And, and John talks about that. He says, when we fail, we have the author, we have the lawyer, the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, who goes to God and says, oh, you know, I know Terry, man, a wheel just ran off, but, you know, he's one of mine. We're going to work with him. You're not perfect, but don't say it's all right. Just That's the way I am. That's not going to do it either. That means your whole heart's not right. The general tenor of our life of a person who is saved is we want to live for Jesus. That's what he's saying. The wind's going to show you. That's what happens. When the Spirit of God comes where people's lives are cleaned up, where they're empowered, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Can I live for Jesus on my own? No, I can't. That's why he says the Holy Spirit comes to empower you so that you can. You know, it's like gasoline in the motor. What good is the motor if there's not a power source of gasoline or fuel to burn it? What is it? It's dead. That's what, he, that's what that means. The Holy Spirit comes inside when we trust him and empowers us. Everything changes. Sometimes it takes longer in some than does others. You know anybody whose life was, I mean, you said, I don't know what happened to that guy or that girl, but he sure is not totally different. That's an example of the Holy Spirit. It's not the same in every person, but there will be. John says that in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. He says, wait a minute now. You say you love Jesus and you're on your way to heaven, but you hate your brother? Oh, no, no, you're lying. He says it pretty clearly. He uses the word lying because God hadn't changed. He said, you can't hate your brother and love me at the same time. It just doesn't go together. God's supposed to be working on that. Now, there's a lot of people I, I don't particularly like. Don't you have some of those? I don't hate them, but I, I don't really want to eat with them. So I'm not. So that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that hatred that he talked about. He said, no, if you hate your brother and this, you know, he, he elaborated on that quite, dip, quite extensively. It, there's a transformation. That's all he's talking about there. The Holy Spirit does it. You can't claim new legal standing. And that's what they'll say. Oh, yeah, I trusted Jesus. So, you know, now legally, God doesn't look at me as guilty. Now I'm cleaned up and I'm straight up here with God. I'm not guilty anymore because his blood took care of that. But I don't have to have my life changed. You know, that's the whole lordship salvation issue. If you followed that back in the 80s, you weren't even alive in the 80s, were you? Some of you, I forgot how old I am. In the late 80s, that issue was going on where this whole theological group that was supposed to be conservative said, oh, it's just a mental ascent. Oh, just say you love Jesus and commit to him, but you, you don't have to, don't, don't try to demand their, the life change. No, heavens no. And John MacArthur says, you bunch of idiots. Absolutely. The Bible says you will start having a change in your life if Jesus is controlling your life. So don't fool yourself. I don't need to fool myself. No one needs to be fooled by thinking that, oh, I'm, I'm baptized, so I'm all right. I don't care who you are. Baptist, Catholic, child, you know, there's people that baptize children. There, I understand all the reasons why some of them do it. It's just not biblical. It doesn't say that. you got to be careful. Why? It's a false idea that they believe, oh, I've been baptized, so I'm okay. 
So they don't question why they live this way or should they live this way or should they be changed. He says clearly, oh, no, no, no. The wind shows you where the Holy Spirit's been working, Nicodemus. You can claim all that you want to. So it's everyone, Nicodemus, you can't see the kingdom unless you enter the, and, and unless you too have a new insight. Paul talked about that, right? He said the natural man, the person that you and I are born in the flesh without Jesus inside, we don't get it. We don't understand it. He said, oh, no, you're never going to get it like that, Nicodemus. Do you understand that? How can these things be? <laughs> Again, you can go uh, in Jeremiah chapter 31, uh, Ezekiel. Actually, I'll read one of those verses real quick. We have that much time. It says in Ezekiel, prophet Ezekiel, six centuries before Christ, he says, um, who spoke for God, and this is what he said, that God would sprinkle the hearts, here you go, that heart change, with water, symbolic of cleansing. Always water was symbolic of cleansing in the Old Testament. In the sacrificial system, it was there. There was always a laver of water. When you study how the whole sacrificial system went, he told them, you do this, you go cleansing the water. Did the water cleanse them? No, it was symbolic. It was always symbolic. With water, and they would be clean. How many of you have ever been baptized in the Jordan? A couple of you? That's some of the nastiest water I've ever seen in my life. You think that's going to wash away my sin? You know, some of the ones that were baptized with me the day that I was baptized, they said, oh, we got to redo it again. That water wasn't the right water. Why? Because those people didn't act like Jesus in him. They still act like a pagan. To this day, the ones that I knew that would baptize me still act like pagans. Were they born again? Water had nothing to do with it. I've told you all that, how that works, right? You know how to get holy water, right? You boil the hell out of it. That's how you get it. You know, I was rooming with Episcopal priest when I was in Israel. There was a few, few, couple of weeks, and I was over there, and I talked to him a lot. You know, Episcopal's first cousins are Catholic, uh, and you know, I, I man, I wasn't afraid. I asked him all kind of questions. I said, "What about this holy water? What's the deal with that?" And this is a guy who has a, a liquor bar in his office. Who would his leaders of his church? They sit around and drink liquor. It's okay for them. I said, what about this holy water? I said, where you get it? He said, I had to tap. What? Tap, you mean the sink. Oh, yeah. How does it become holy? We just pray over it. I said, that's it? You make people think you can sprinkle over that water and that cleanses them? Because they don't really talk about it being symbolic. You know, it is symbolic. Yeah, baptism is symbolic. It is. There's no water. I don't care how clean their pool is this afternoon. It's not going to wash away your... Bad heart. It's not. It doesn't work that way. All Jesus added to this whole metaphor was what? The whole concept there is, God, I'm going to do something. God says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to change you from the inside out. I'm going to give you a new heart, and I'm going to cleanse you. All of it was symbolic. And the one day it's coming to fruition. And the Messiah, when he does exactly what he does. And I'll pour out my spirit upon them. That's what he says. Same thing in Jeremiah. They will not only be cleaned up, symbolic, water. But they will be empowered, the Holy Spirit. We cannot make it if the Holy Spirit doesn't change our heart. Do you understand that? Unless you call on Jesus to forgive you and the Holy Spirit come inside, and he will, to change you from the inside out. He says, you're not going to make it, Nicodemus. I don't care how much money you give. I don't care how many uh, Bible classes you teach. It doesn't really matter. He said, that's not the way it works. 
The linkage of water and spirit is pretty common in the Old Testament. Go back and start studying that some and look at it. But he says, I'll empower them. The spirit is going to do that. Should you be baptized? Yes. But you need to be saved first. You need to trust Christ first. You need to ask him to send his Holy Spirit inside of you to change your heart first. Therefore, you might follow in baptism. You can die without being baptized and you'll go to heaven. But should you be baptized if you can? Absolutely. Well, I don't understand. You said you don't have to be, but you should be. That's exactly right. I don't have to take a bath, but it feels good. And you're eternally grateful if I take a bath. Isn't it right? See how that works? Should I? Yeah. Do I have to? No. Like, you know, our water went off last night. Did any of y'all go out? Unfortunately, we're still on city water. I'm working on that. I'm trying to dig my own well. Don't tell anybody, all right? It takes a little longer, though, when you're doing it by hand. So what happens? You Well, when we get to wash, well, thank the Lord it came back on before midnight. So we all got to take a bath. So it washes dirt off. It don't change my heart. I can go in and take a shower and hate somebody, and I can walk out of that shower, and I'll still hate somebody. It ain't going to change. All I know is this. God loves us. He died on the cross to send his spirit so that we could have a transformed heart and then live our life for him because that same spirit empowers us to be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better daughter or son. You know, hold that over your kids' heads. Well, wait a minute. Wasn't you baptized last week? Why are you acting like this? I thought Jesus changed your heart. Hold them accountable. I mean, that's what we should do, right? Well, wait a minute. Does, what does that mean? Did it mean anything? Yeah. He did it for us. I can't do it. I can't do it for me. I can't do it for you. Jesus did it for us if we'll trust him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you love us that much, that you tolerate us. Even after we trust you, we still want to do our own thing. And you said you would forgive us. Lord, we ask you to remind us our commitment to you, what that entails. It, it, it entails our obedience. Lord, remind us as, as parents with children that are going to be baptized today that we would take serious all that's involved in that and take our responsibility in the days ahead to help them truly understand all that's going on if they've committed their life to Christ. Father, that you'll be glorified and that our lives will be changed. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.